It's the same old story. It's been a long day at the job, or maybe it's just starting to feel long, and you feel that urge to stretch your legs and get a little bit of a break. You walk down the street, or maybe you get behind the wheel of your car, and you feel the weight begin to lift. You walk through the doors, and the sound of the place starts to clear the air. You get a table, you order your drink, you listen to the sounds of the bar, and soak in the conversation. Welcome to the TNE Speakeasy with your hosts, Brianna and Caleb. Listen in as they discuss the 2023 novel, Silver Nitrate. Welcome back to yet another book club entry. I'm not sure. I think this may be our, our fifth one at this point. But not only is it another book club, but it's our third entry in our, our Halloween series this year. A little bit more of an obscure uh, series. But I'm excited to talk about this one because it's a follow-up to our, I guess it was probably last year that we did it, our previous book club entry on The Daughter of Dr. Moreau. This time doing Silver Nitrate by the same author, Sylvia Morena-Garcia. Is it Morena? Moreno? Moreno? Moreno. There you go. Oh, Moreno. I should mention up front that we're going to be doing full spoilers in this. It's just easier that way to talk about the book. So if you haven't read it and are, are concerned about spoilers, you don't listen to this. Yeah, so I was going to ask why you picked this one, but I suppose it's it's pretty obvious. But I was curious if you knew, because there was some elements when I was reading this book, that I wondered if maybe this was one of her older books that has just recently been published. It was based on a short story that she wrote a long time ago. Oh, okay. Yeah, because just some of the writing style felt a little bit less, uh, maybe less confident than that previous book. Or maybe it was just the, the time period. Maybe just altered some of that. Yeah, I, I definitely felt like it was like less, because um, I feel like the main pull for readers of her books is that she has like really pretty writing, but it mm-hmm. didn't seem like as much in this book. Yeah. Yeah, it felt a little bit less like I said, confident or polished to some degree. And I'll say for this one, because that, that previous book was a another period piece, but that one was set, ooh, I can't remember, maybe the late 1800s, something like that. Yeah. Whereas this one's set in the early, or maybe the mid-90s. I don't think they gave an exact date, but maybe like 94, 95, that kind of time period. Mm-hmm. Yeah, in Mexico again. And this one's centered around someone who works... Or at least one of the main characters, I should say, is centered around someone who works in the film industry, and in particular working with sound. And that I found interesting at the front. I always like stories that kind of center around behind the scenes of making films. Mm-hmm. I do, I'll admit, feel like maybe she went a little bit over the top with some of the details, and I started to wonder if it would alienate some viewers, because some of it felt like it was just... Yeah, a lot of it kind of felt like it was just, like, info-dumping almost. Yes, a little bit of knowledge spewing to be like, oh, look how much research I did, look how much I know about this subject. And some of it just felt like could have been edited out. It's like, yeah, it's interesting at first, but if it's literally half the book, it's like, okay, like, this isn't Wikipedia. Yeah, definitely a little touch of Wikipedia. Mainly up at the front of the book, I feel like it's sort of thin out. Mm-hmm. 
I think um, the second half of the book was a lot more fast-paced. Yes, definitely much more fast-paced, yeah. Now, I did like it. Like, I found the subject interesting, but I was definitely starting to get bored at parts and being like, okay, like, do I need this <laughs> much backstory? Yeah. Yeah, I was definitely like, I get it. You're a fan of uh, obscure horror. You know, I, I appreciate that. I'm a fan of obscure horror, too, but this is probably not going to interest a lot of people who aren't. And I have already seen, um, like, overall the book's getting good reviews, um, but I have already seen quite a few people saying the same thing, that they found it a little bit boring. Mm. Yeah, and I think it didn't help that, uh, especially the character who does work in sound, I think her name is Montserrat, I think that's how you pronounce it. I've never seen the name before. And no, I... I hadn't seen it either, and I didn't, I didn't get around to looking up the pronunciation. Yeah, she... She was definitely... I, I grew to like her more as the book went on. Mm. But up at the front, she was just... It's a very harsh personality type. And again, she almost talks like a Wikipedia entry to some degree. Just as a person at times. Mm. So it was a little bit tough. I, I feel like that character made it more difficult to get into the book for the first, uh, I don't know, 50 pages or so. Yeah, I didn't necessarily find that. Oh, really? No, I didn't find her to be an unlikable character. Yeah, I, I wouldn't say unlikable, just a little bit, like, I was like, okay, I'm, I'm fine, I like this character more in small doses. Like, when she's the secondary character and the other lead character's point of view, I enjoy her in those parts, but when it's just her, I would just be more like, ah, okay, let's... I didn't find that. Maybe you're just a misogynist. Oh, here we go. <laughs> yeah, and, and she was the one in particular that was super movie-obsessed and technical-obsessed. I'm not, like, a big fan of multiple point of views in a book. I know it's, like, super common but I've never been a fan of it. Yeah, would you say you wish that it was more just straight from her? From either of them. I just, I mean, it's not a big deal. Like I said, I know that it's like super common. It's done in almost every book I read, but mm -hmm. I just personally don't really like the switching of the point of view. Like, can it just be written from one perspective? Yeah, that's funny. I, I prefer it. I, I like lots of different point, points of view. Most people, most people I've talked to prefer it, but I've always disliked it. And speaking of the multiple, yeah, the second one that we get is uh, Tristan, or Tristian. Uh, I guess similar to Daughter of Dr. Moreau having the two male and female perspectives. Mm -hmm. And I guess in this one too, because it was kind of a complicated romantic dynamic in that other book, this one has some of that as well. And thankfully the romance part doesn't really play much of a role in the book. In fact, when it finally starts to feel solidified, it feels like it kind of is just thrown in there just to kind of wrap things up. Yeah, I didn't uh, think it was a very, very good ending for the characters, for them to end up together. No. It's like, I don't think that they did enough to really, like, build up any, like, real chemistry between them. At the end, it kind of felt like they were both just settling. Yes, they even basically said it, <laughs> which I thought was funny. And, like, they didn't seem good for each other. No, they seem like like a fun pairing as friends. Yeah. Like I can enjoy their their unusual dynamic. But yeah, to to suddenly just throw in and be like, "Okay, let's let's just be a couple now, I guess." Kind of like, "Oh." Yeah. I don't think it was a good idea. Because they made it seem like Montserrat had been like in love with him for like since they were kids, and then all of a sudden he's just like, "You know what? Like I know you've been in love with me all this time. Like why don't we just date after all?" Yeah, and he even, like, shamed her near the climax. Yeah. He, like, almost made fun of her for having that crush, and she was really pissed. And, like, that's a low blow. 
and then it just turns around like, no, let's just hook up now. Yeah, and like I feel like it could have worked, you know, the whole like, um, I, mean, I know you don't really read romance, but like the whole like, you know, friends to lovers kind of trope, or even almost like frenemies to lovers, but it like it didn't work because it wasn't built up because it wasn't really the uh, point of the book, like it wasn't a romance. But I feel like it could have just not, it could have just been left out, and they could have just ended as friends. Yeah, because I like I said, I do enjoy their friendship. And I like that they're very different types of characters, mm-hmm. like the way that they just think and operate. Yeah. And so I appreciate the, the shifting dynamics to see how the two of them handled this very stressful situation. I think it was fun. And it was nice to see, like, their childhood friendship and how, like, she was always, like, defending him when they were kids, even though she, what was wrong with her? She had some kind of, like, limp or something. I can't remember what the explanation was, but yeah, one of them was was jacked up when she was young, and so she always had a cane that she would beat away as bullies with, which was kind of a funny image, just like an eight-year-old kid just hitting hitting other kids with their cane. (laughs) I don't think it's funny. I think it's violent and wrong. No, I think it's kind of cute. Yeah, and yeah, like we mentioned up front, we get a lot of technical stuff because Montserrat works at this uh, minor film studio doing sound, but she's kind of getting pushed out of her job. And at first I was on her side because she kind of blames it, and, and I think rightfully so on just kind of it being a boys club and her uh, her boss being a misogynist, which he clearly demonstrates. But later on in the book, I started to be like, eh, I don't know, maybe maybe she, maybe it's partially that, but also just the fact that she is a not a pleasant personality to her coworkers at all, or anyone really that she interacts with. So she kind of just pushes everyone away, even Tristan and, uh, or is it Tristian? I don't. I didn't see her that way at all. Really? Mm-hmm. That's, uh, I'm surprised. Because even the first interaction that she has with her boss, she immediately starts berating him and cutting him down. Yeah, but... And she walks away being like, ah, you know, maybe I shouldn't There's have. context given that, like, she already has had bad experiences with her boss in the past. It's not like it just came out of nowhere. She's, like, always treated him like that. Well, it seems like she's always treated everyone like this. I mean, it seems like that's just her personality type. I don't know. I didn't get that from it. And they even point out that she you knows she doesn't really have a lot of friends because she doesn't like to interact with people. The only friend that she really keeps around is uh, Tristan, and she kind of kicks him around too, insults him all the time. And he doesn't mind. I, I think he, you know, just enjoys her personality type. But bit. it seemed more like he didn't treat her very well. Like he just disappeared no. whenever he was in a relationship and just came to her as like a last resort and just expected her to always be there for him. No, I think, yeah, I think both of them kind of abuse their, their odd friendship, which again makes them more strange. Which is why I don't think it was a very good relationship, or like would be a very good relationship, you know? Yeah, for, for dating, no. Yeah. yeah how, would that, how would that work? <laughs> and I did like that they didn't, you know, the author didn't push it too far in the end to make it like a really sappy kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Like even when uh, he was trying to press on her, like, hey, let's let's do this, and she's like, no, no. And even brought up, he's like, oh, what are we going to keep going back and forth until I'm like 85 and you have to feed me uh, like pureed food? And she's like, this is the most disgusting declaration I've ever heard. I thought that was kind of cute to at least uh, push it off as more of a joke than something that I should really be, you know, getting the heart fluttering for kind of thing. Well, that's your opinion. You didn't think that was cute? No, I didn't find it cute. Oh, I didn't think they were cute together. 
I didn't find any of their interactions cute. Even them as as kids jumping into that brain mill. Well, that's that's different. That was just like a recollection. It wasn't actually like fully described or anything. Yeah, and I will say, as much as I appreciate them, you know, drawing the connection to them having this this element as kids of wanting to, you know, push each other or at least monster at pushing him to take more risks and having that kind of a wild spirit to the two of them. I did wish that maybe they didn't go back to that same jumping into the grain mill thing as much as they do. It, it feels like it came up a little bit too much. Mm-hmm. It's like, did, did, they, did they do anything else? Was it just that? It's just that one single memory. <laughs> That's all they ever did as children. <laughs> I did start to get that. I was just like, okay, come on. They must have done a couple other risky things. Yeah, it's like they literally were, were friends for like 30 years. And yet... <laughs> That's it. That's the memory. Yeah, but I've been dancing around a little bit. I got distracted with my giving a little bit of a, a summary of what this is. Um, so, because she's interested in that, Tristan moves into a new apartment building, and his neighbor happens to be this used-to-be-famous director. Now he's just kind of a washed-up, you know, old uh, antique seller, I guess. And he's like, oh, Monster, I'd probably like to meet him. And as they meet, they start to get wrapped up in this, this big... Uh, tapestry of witchcraft and and it's all tied up in in film itself and i think all that stuff i found to be some of the most compelling stuff in the book Mm -hmm. just the the magic systems and how using the uh in particular silver nitrate film the silver in it kind of enhancing magic i thought all that stuff served the technical element of montserrat she's the one that mainly studies that Mm -hmm. i thought that made her made her character more uh easy to, to to get into well, I just don't really understand why she got so into it, even though she doesn't really seem like that much of like someone who would get influenced by like cultish kind of things. Yeah, I just took her, because she's got such a technically-minded brain, I think that one, the, uh, the main bad guy of the book, she kind of sees a bit of her, her own obsessive mentality in him. And so I think she's not really surrounded by a lot of people that are like her. And so maybe just seeing that reflection of herself pulls her more towards that guy in general. But I did find, uh, because I got a big aspect of the later part of the book of her being supposedly tempted, like, oh, is she going to want to join up with this bad guy and kind of Mm -hmm. fall under his spell? Uh, I never never once thought that she would, even though they keep trying to tell me that she would. I didn't understand why she would ever want to. I mean, he was like a Nazi. Exactly. It just didn't... There was never any pull for her, really. Yeah, like, she was, like, mildly interested in his personality, but it's not like she was like, I like this person. <laughs> like, yeah, and I love that Tristan kept, like, putting that in front of her, too. Like, why are you obsessed with this guy? Like, this guy was a huge racist, Nazi. Like, you need to let this go, man. I, th- I thought that was, was very fair. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I started to feel lost as to why she... Uh, and I feel like there there could have been a good reason. I feel like it just wasn't quite fleshed out enough. I agree. Maybe could have spent a little less time with the Wikipedia stuff and a little more time, like, on the yeah. the plot. Yeah, and so when we got to that kind of big chapter near the end, when it's her and that guy, and he's trying to really pull her to his side, I kept being like, okay, you know, I'd, I'd probably be enjoying this section a lot more if I actually thought that that was a possibility. But, mm-hmm. yeah, no. And... In the later halves of the book, the magic starts to uh, feel much more, uh, what's the word, extravagant? 
Yeah. Because in the early parts of the book, it was all kind of developing in this this more grounded kind of approach, and I was liking that. I was kind of like, oh, I, I like seeing this this hidden uh, subculture out there. And once it started to get a bit more extravagant, it took me a little while to adjust to that switch. Mm-hmm. Even though I thought some of the stuff they were doing was cool, it just kind of took me by surprise and felt like it changed the, the tone of the book a little bit. Uh, did you have some of that as well? A little bit, I guess. Uh, but speaking of that, that uh, is it yours? I did find that guy one of the more compelling parts of the book as well, all of his backstory. I liked the seeing his childhood as working with the Nazis as he would like hold a like a pendulum over a map and they would try to find ships all that little backstory is that a real thing i don't know how much of it is real because i know they always say that near the end of the war the nazis start to experiment with the occult to try to get ahead because you know they could feel like the the end was coming for them Mm -hmm. they're trying anything they could the soviets started to mess around that stuff as well with all the like looking for psychics and and um people who could do telekinesis so, so I, I found all that stuff <laughs> interesting and, and just so silly to think in reality that they were doing that stuff. And then seeing his introduction of film and stuff, I thought I thought all that was also quite compelling. And I, I think overall, the book had me the most gripped, maybe the middle section of it. Yeah, I would agree with that. The beginning and the end, both sides felt like the balance was just not quite as interesting for me. And I also like that old director, Abel... Uh, uh, Yurita. Mm-hmm. I thought that that character, I, I wanted to know more about him too. We, we get quite a bit, but but I enjoyed all the stuff that he was involved in. I didn't really understand, like, I mean, obviously all the characters have to have backstories, but I didn't really understand how Tristan's backstory of, like, his dead girlfriend, like, really had any relevance to the plot. Yeah, I, I, kept, I kept wondering how that was going to really come into effect as well. It, it never really seemed like it did. Um, it created some cool horror imagery. Mm-hmm. But I thought that it was going to have like some kind of actual relevance to like his character arc. Yeah, yeah, I, I kept waiting for it, and I, I guess, I guess the closest that it came to was just him being such a coward. It was like he finally had to face his his fears and face his mistake with that girlfriend, even though it wasn't. It wasn't really his fault, though. Yeah, they like they. It got overcomplicated to the... It made the theme muddled for him. Yeah. But I did appreciate the horror imagery. I thought some of that stuff was some of the creepiest stuff in the book. Yeah, that was. And the other thing is, like, I feel like, obviously, like, a really important theme in this book was supposed to be, like, racism and colorism, but I also feel like that didn't really get fleshed out very well. No. It just feels more like just a bit of uh, color more than anything else. Just a bit of even like making um tristan like what was he like lebanese but like it was just like some random side points that didn't feel like it ultimately like meant anything no no pretty much not at all and like it just felt like there were like all these like like interesting details that didn't go anywhere and like i wonder like what happened there yeah and i was i was gonna ask about the Mexican Gothic, her first book, which I haven't read. And it's been so long since you read it, maybe you wouldn't. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was going to ask if this feels less polished than even that. Well, I don't know. I remember not really being a fan of that book, to be honest. Mm-hmm. But I read it a really long time ago, so it's kind of hard for me to say. And it was, a, it was, I mean, as you can tell by the name, it was a Gothic. So it's it was a very different 
sort of genre. Hmm. Yeah, because I just kept getting the sense that maybe this had been a book that she'd been working on for a long time, and she'd had some more recent efforts of hers published, and it was kind of like coming back to an old, an old idea and dusting it off and trying to make it work. Well, I don't think so, based on um, the thing at the end that I guess you didn't read. I'd started reading it, and I was like, ah, I'm not really all that interested. You never read those. (laughs) And then, like, it's never very convenient, because it's, like, we it's always relevant to the podcast. Yeah, I never read those in any books. I was just, oh, author's note? Ah, I'll just skip it. It says that she published a story called Flash Frame in 2010 in a very small press anthology titled Something That I Can't Pronounce. Yeah, I did read that. It was some sort of, like, Lovecraft, I guess maybe magazine or, or... short story collection something like that yeah yeah and i read her bit about and i did notice this actually in the book she mentioned that uh when she was writing that flash frame story that uh, the theme of yellow mm-hmm. kind of came up in that and she's put that in more of her books mm-hmm. and i kept noticing or i kept wondering actually because the book was called uh, beyond the yellow door or sorry the uh the film that the they're yeah that the director abel was making and then it fell apart and yeah that's what all the witchcraft was tied up in I kept wondering, beyond the yellow door, something about it just was making me think of uh, The King in Yellow, this short story collection I read last year. Now, I know, did notice that she wrote that in that little afterward bit, so I was like, okay, so yeah, clearly that was a theme. Mm-hmm. And The King in Yellow also has a lot to do with kind of, I guess, like an underground cult society that are just pushing towards this this darker goal. So so I can see some little tendrils of that coming in, and I, I did appreciate that. I always like stories about a subculture, and... Like the little details of the witchcraft, like leaving the nails behind you so that someone can't follow. Although I did feel bad when that uh, Jose guy, uh, I guess you'd say like a warlock or a wizard, who we meet later in the book. He's like driving down the street just dropping nails out of his window, out of his car. And I was like, mm, I guess I get that that's trying to help you against some some witchcraft stuff. But that's, that's just screwing over so many other drivers on the road. I think it's good. Maybe that's just me who had, uh, what was it, like three flat tires in like six months that one year i was just thinking about that i was like man i don't care about your witchcraft don't make my tires flat i hate that well you should have a flat tire to save someone from danger so it's fine i guess that's fair put that jose guy jose jose yeah and he's another wizard that we meet for a very brief section of the book he only shows up for i don't know maybe like three chapters we hear about him early in the book but we don't see him until around then and I was like, oh, I, you know, I kind of wish that he'd shown up a little bit earlier. I feel like this is another character. Yeah, he was a nice character. Yeah. I feel like he could have had some some fun stuff earlier. I agree. He was a good character. I was glad when he showed up. Yeah, me too. And I like all those those older characters. I think they were all pretty interesting. Even the ladies? They were scaring me. Yeah, that's what I liked. Like, there's that one lady who, when they first meet her, she's pretending to be her daughter, but really she's been feeding off this old magic did did you know did you know that it was her yeah i knew (laughs) i guess i guessed it right away too it was like pretty obvious yeah it wasn't it wasn't well hidden even the next time they see her they're like hmm she seems like she's Mm. aged a bit (laughs) (laughs) oh well (laughs) i know like i wish that they tried to make that more of a reveal yeah yeah definitely a lot of a lot of really cool ideas in the book and just yeah a lot of it just feels like Maybe some more time. I don't know if the book needed to be longer, but yeah, maybe like you said. It's just that it needed different priorities. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I'm curious if, like, 
she just really insisted like she really wanted like all that information in there like at the sacrifice of plot or like what because i mean it's an interesting story but i feel like you know in the the editing process you think someone would have pointed out like "Mm, this might be a little too much yeah and another bit that they that was really not really useful to the story was Montserrat's sister who has cancer oh yeah and i kept waiting i kept waiting for the cancer bit to play into her motivation to join up with yours i mean there was like the fact that the cancer seemed to get better uh when they did the the movie thing yeah but yeah i kept waiting for her near the end to be like we can help your sister cure her cancer and then she'd be like oh but yeah it just didn't really play too much and then her cancer was already kind of like cured anyways well you know it it might have come back well yeah it's tricky in that way Mm -hmm. and there's uh there's a lot of focus on Tristan's romantic life just around Montserrat and then all of his job stuff. And some of that stuff was interesting. Yeah. But it was just like, oh, yeah, maybe we could have sacrificed some of this as well. I agree. Yeah, I don't know. Overall, like, I do think it was an interesting book. Like, I'm glad I read it. But I feel like there was a lot to be desired. Yeah. Yeah, and a lot that just feels like just with more time and yeah, maybe a better editor could have helped yeah because like it felt like such an ambitious story Mm -hmm. but like i feel like she could have pulled it off better than she did yeah especially thinking of the daughter of dr moreau yeah which felt very polished and it it felt like there was so much cool tapestry that all tied together well Mm -hmm. and i was disappointed because more so than um her plots i've always just really liked like her style of writing like Mm -hmm. you know like the the descriptions of places and stuff but there wasn't really any of that in this book no yeah there was a number of times during some of the more i wouldn't say action heavy but more uh how would i put it just like a lot of stuff going on you know Mm -hmm. there was numerous times during that when i started to feel like i've completely lost the sense of where the characters are in relation to everything going on around them it just feels like things just started to get too chaotic during some of those bigger set pieces near the end like, there's one point Montserrat goes to check out, I think it was a building that the actress, I, I didn't know how to say her name either, like Claire Demond or something like that. <laughs> um, she goes to her, this, this woman's building and gets c- kind of attacked a little bit. And I kept being like, oh, I don't know, I just, I can't picture this building at all in my head. And I feel like that's, yeah, I didn't have any issues like that during the Daughter mm-hmm. of Dr. Moreau. I did like that part where, like, the ghosty guy came out and was chasing her, though. That was fun. Yeah. That was, like, one of the only parts of the story that felt a little, like, you know, creepy in that way. When he was haunting her and when the, the dead girlfriend was haunting, too. But not haunting in the same way. Yeah, and I also, I guess, pushing towards them, trying to trick us that monster might team up with him. I liked when her, Tristan, and yours had to team up together mm-hmm. when he was, like, in the mirror. I thought that that was, yeah, that, that was a cool bit as well. Oh, yeah, that was kind of interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I did, like, when the, once I got used to the fact that it was being more extravagant with the supernatural stuff, I, I think there was some cool stuff done with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think in terms of being the most descriptive, I think the place that felt the most, like, it had real character to it was Abel's apartment. I kept every time I went back to there, I felt like I was immersed in the, the kind of set piece area. 
I enjoyed a lot of that stuff. I wish he would have lasted a bit longer. Yeah. I mean, his death had its impact, but I, I started to miss him once he was gone. I agree. Hmm. I'm just trying to think if there's any characters that we've missed. I knew coming in that I wouldn't have as much to say about this one just because it just felt a lot more thin than the other books that we've done. It did. Well, there's only one more note that I have that I really want to highlight. There's a bunch of notes just about the, the plot details, but yeah, after I finished the book, I realized that a lot of those earlier plot details just didn't really, it wasn't really worth mentioning as much. Yeah, like they didn't pan out the way, because... Exactly. Yeah, like normally, like I take notes on like all this different stuff, because I figure like like something's going to come of it in the end, you're going to be like, oh, like that makes sense, but like a lot of that didn't really happen. And Well, I just want to say again, like I, I just... I felt a little let down by, you know, like, obviously the author had, like, strong feelings about and wanted to have some kind of message about racism and colorism in, in Mexico and in Latin America. And it honestly felt weird to me how, like, they made a few comments here and there, but never really, like, said anything. Yeah, I guess the one kind of bigger point is... They, they keep emphasizing that, oh, this, this Ewers guy, he presented himself as this genius, this this master wizard. But, oh, the way that he got there was by trampling and stealing on all these 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 poor folks, indigenous folks. And he's a big racist who would work up this tapestry to try to pretend like, oh, they're still all connected to, all the wizards are still connected to the Aryan race to some degree, or the Atlanteans, you know, all from this this higher race. And so I guess the, uh, the comment of, you know, people building themselves up and separating themselves from what they would consider lower races, with all the while while just stealing all their resources and their ideas to prop themselves up. I guess there's that. Yeah, no, I get that. But I just felt like, you know, they kept commenting on how, like, all the older people or most of the older people were, like, um, white and European. And yeah. they just kept commenting on stuff like that. Like, and colorism is such a big issue in like latin america and i guess like probably in like all non-white cultures colorism is a big issue because of racism mm -hmm. and like even in the afterword from the author she talked a little bit about that about how like you know growing up there was like a common phrase she she heard i don't remember what it was i don't really want to paraphrase it but something about like you know it's better to like marry a whiter person so that your kids are whiter and stuff like that like she even talked about that in her afterward mm -hmm. and like it just really felt like there's a lot of a lot of things to say about that subject and like this is obviously the the perfect kind of story to like kind of go into that but then i feel like it didn't really have any hard-hitting messages about it in the end not that that was like a requirement but it felt like it was supposed to be in there and wasn't yeah yeah i mean it was certainly they certainly brought it up a lot you know you've, you're gonna leave the book remembering that that was a part of it mm -hmm. but it, yeah it didn't feel like it ever really came to much it was just yeah and like it's not like i'm trying to say like every book that's about this like has to have like all these political messages but it just felt like it was supposed to be there, but it was missing. Yeah, I felt like there was meant to be like a bigger way to wrap it all up in a bow. Like this, this was the purpose of mentioning all this. Yeah. But instead, it just feels like it's for background and texture to just fill out the world yeah. rather than a real purpose. I feel like at the at the end of the book, like it, all you can really say is like, oh, like that was an interesting story. Like I learned some random facts, but like it didn't feel like there was like a 
like a meaningful ending. Yeah, but yeah, I guess I guess wrapping it up, I I feel like I don't have too much more to say. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it was. I, I I'll say overall, I I enjoyed it. I appreciate always stories that take that kind of look behind the magic of film, and this one in particular, mm-hmm. talking about how film can be used for magic. I think I don't think I've ever seen a story use it in that way before. So that was cool. It just, yeah, it felt like. I don't know why. It just feels like so many aspects were underutilized, underdeveloped. Yeah, it feels like just something just wasn't wasn't there, you know? Yeah. But as a, you know, relatively short little horror piece, I think it passes the time well enough. I don't think mm-hmm. you're going to walk away, like, pissed off that you read it or anything like that. Eh, some people might. You think? <laughs> it depends on if you're interested in the in the topic. Yeah. Which, like, both of us were to a degree. But, like, if you have, like, no interest in, like, occultism... Well, you probably shouldn't read the book at all if you have no interest in occultism. But, like, <laughs> if you have no interest in, like, old films and, like, like technical stuff. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's a high cost of entry at the start. I, I, I wish it wasn't so front-loaded in that way. Because mm-hmm. I feel like people who can enjoy the story after we get past that stuff might not even make it there. Yeah, I feel like a lot of, like average readers who like aren't like overly interested or knowledgeable on the the themes of the book like would stop part way through mm. yeah i did want to mention just because uh it's funny timing we're us doing this around halloween fitting timing but every year i make a list of 30 movies that i want to watch during the halloween season and i added this year a movie called the brainiac which i saw back in 2015 i've been mean to revisit it Mexican horror film and I noticed when I added to my list I was like oh I, I really like that movie what else did this filmmaker make maybe I want to check it out I noticed that the director was named uh, Chano Arita mm-hmm. or Yurita and I was like oh that's kind of funny and then I saw that the producer and the lead actor was named Abel Salazar mm-hmm. so I wondered if this uh, this writer was a fan of that movie or that production team I know they made a couple movies together Chano Yurita and Abel Sal- Salazar so I'm not sure. But I just I just wanted to mention that just because it was funny timing. Yeah, that is funny. But uh, but yeah, thank you again, Brianna, for another book suggestion. Hopefully next time we'll both come away more positive. But again, not that I didn't didn't like this one. But mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, thanks again, and and catch you on the next one. Peace. I didn't notice this or I guess it's probably because I read the book 
and then I looked at this copy before, but the underneath, under the the hardcover, under the dust jacket, is actually the book that that guy wrote. Oh. Oh, do you want to mention what the... Just so I, I'll put this in like a little bonus section. Do you want to mention what the copy is? Oh, yeah, it's the um, Illumicrate copy. Yeah, it's a really pretty looking book, by the way. Recommend that if you're going to pick it up. Well, they're special edition, like... Oh. <laughs> sometimes it can be hard to get if you don't get it right when it comes out. 